Hey, what's up? It's Rab from the Bathroom Break Podcast. I want to let you guys know about my nonprofit organization called Hope for Today. It's hope the number four today.org. We're also on Instagram at hope the number four today underscore nonprofit. We've got an awesome project going on right now. We're raising money for a school in Ronsemble, Haiti. Check us out on Instagram or check us out on our website and maybe make a donation or just spread the word about our project for building a school in Ronsemble, Haiti. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast. I'm your host, Rab himself, and today my guest is Marco Jurassi. He is the owner of TLG Auto, which specializes in Porsche, and we sat down for a chat about the cars, about his dad, who meant a lot to me, and uh, we went for a ride in one of them. Check it out. Well, dude, good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the uh, Bathroom Break Podcast. <laughs> so perfect. Bathroom Break Podcast. <laughs> we can go take a dump in one of these cars. Dude, all these amazing Porsches. I mean, every time I come to see you, there's, there's a whole bunch of different cars and cool stuff. And uh, got old pork over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... What's yeah. that about? Well, people, you know, like every car has got a nickname, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this guy. Like Piss Biscuit. Piss Biscuit. Just <laughs> uh, a urinal cake. Yeah. Uh, no, so this guy, you know, he called Porsche's Pork Chops. Oh, okay. And so, you know, he's a he likes 427 Cobras. Like, that's his thing. Like yeah. 289 Cobras. Um, yeah. More of an American muscle guy. And so he was always making fun of Porsches. And then he got one. Yeah. And so he put the old license plate on there, old pork. Oh, nice. So. So then he got one and that kind of changed his whole mindset. No, about. not yet. No, not yet. He just, he, I don't know. The guy had money to burn. I, I don't, I don't know what caused him to want one, yeah. but he wanted one. And yeah. so, you know, it ended up here, which is fine by me. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's been here a long time. Ready yeah. for it to go home. <laughs> well, we just went for a cool uh, ride in the, uh, that other 911 or what was, which one is that? The, the uh, 97 993 twin turbo. 993. It's crazy because. <laughs> I don't know enough about car, about the Porsche. Like, I love the car. My brother, that's how we met. But it's crazy how many different numbers there are. are. And you look at it and go, there's a 911. But really, it's not. It's well, like moved on to. So, like, so the flagship car, Porsche, is the 911, right? right? So, like, that is what they're known for, that, sh that classic shape or whatever. But internally, there's internal designation numbers. Okay. You know, and so. The 911 can be subdivided into the letter cars, which are like the F bodies and the G bodies, right? Um, there's the 901s, the 911s, the 964s, the 993s, the 996. And I mean, it just, and you can slice it uh, thinner and thinner and thinner. But basically, the subdivisions kind of tell what era the car is but they're all 911s because okay. it's a flagship car yeah right? that, that makes a lot more sense because I, I figured something like that where it was sort of the year of it yeah, indicated like, what era the car was exactly like like models uh like for example you can have it well, i mean like i said they're all 911s right but you can have a 997.1 or 0.2 right okay. so that's like a mid-life cycle changeover where they said okay after 
this many years, we found out that the car needs this stuff to make it fresh and new again and make it perform better and so on and so forth. And so they have the, the point two version, the Mark II okay. version. It's kind of like the update on your phone, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah planned obsolescence. Exactly. God, that new update is awful. <laughs> <laughs> they always fuck it up and somehow then you got to go buy a new phone. Yeah, that's like planned obsolescence. The more, the more you update your phone, the more worthless it gets. Yes, great. exactly. So hopefully that's not the case with the, uh, with the Porsches. But. No, it's the opposite, <laughs> yeah, man. The, yeah. the more updated they get, the cooler the old ones get, man. Yeah. No, it's rad. Well, it's funny. I wanted to tell the story a little bit of, of how we got to know each other. Um, Marco Jirasi is, uh, you know, the owner and operator of TLG Auto. Um, originally, your dad and mom started this place way back. Yeah, 1978. Yeah, and uh, and and we got to know each other because my brother uh, is a big Porsche fan and and has you know a couple of the cars and and uh, and I think you had met maybe did he he you had done some work on his car? No, or? no. So what happened was I worked on this guy Reza. I built oh yeah, yeah. Reza and Luke. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, so the, the East Coast contingent somehow Luke found us for this project car that he had. Right. Right. And so we got connected to the East Coast guys through Luke, and you know Luke said, "Hey, we have this great event out in um, what was it like Massachusetts? No, it wasn't Massachusetts. It was um, Connecticut, Ham New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. Yeah. They had this great this great event in New Hampshire. You gotta go." And I'm like, all right, I'll go, right? Yeah. And so I fly out, uh, I do the event, and I meet this gang of characters, right? And <laughs> yeah, one yeah, of yeah. whom happens to be your brother. Yeah. And so we're all, it's a late night of drinking. Uh, we're at this, like, it's a kind of a ski resort, but off season. So we're in a condo with, like, five dudes. We all got our own rooms or whatever. Yeah. But we're all, like, in the living room, hanging out, having a drink, uh, talking late into the night. And I keep hearing Rob, 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 you know, and I'm looking yeah. at this guy and, f and, and from the peripheral profile, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I know this face and like this voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Cause you and your brother, like, I mean, in the dark, you're probably the same person. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so anyway, it, it, like there was this revelation where I asked him, you know, is it, how do you spell your name? And he's like, R-A-A-B. I'm like, that's not Rob. That's Rab. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like, no, that's like sort of how people say it and I go you related to Rab himself he goes yes my younger brother motherfucker I know him <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, just, I used to grow up watching the show you know yeah, like yeah. so because I, I remember the CKY videos I used Hell to work yeah. in a record store yeah. and these dudes would trade him in and like I swiped one because it was fucking dope yeah and uh, my roommate was <laughs> a yeah. skater kid yeah and so anyway that's how I, fa I, I found out about you and the Jackass crew and the you know Bam and all those guys but it was funny because there's like this this whole like massive separation of time and place and yet yeah. I somehow found your brother and then you and I got to know each other uh, and we've become friends and I just yeah. it's really cool you know I know and it's funny because I always bust his balls because he changed his name to Rob when we were like 25 years old you're like dude it's been Rab our whole lives <laughs> And now all of a sudden you're this Rob guy. Who's like, what, you like broccoli Rob? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah, what are you doing yeah, here, yeah. man? <laughs> it was like, he's like, well, that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. I'm like, yeah, but no one ever said it right in Philadelphia. They, they always said Rab. Yeah. And my grandfather said Rab. So then it was like, what? Rob? I'm like, well, this is the weirdest. And then like, I was, and I was like, oh, I, I thought, 
I was like, I think you're trying to get away from the name because I'm the dude that shit on things and you're like this doctor guy and you know, and it's like graduating medical school, like, uh, let me, I should be Dr. Rob instead of Rab. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, so that's yeah. the thing, right? Like when, when my dad moved from New York to LA, um, he met my mom and my mom started using the last, when they got together and they got married, whatever, yeah. um, the last name was pronounced Jurassi. Yeah, out here because she was more. It was more Italian when she, you know out here, so she yeah. started using the name Jurassi. But back east, he was Jurace. Yeah, for, yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. forty years, you know, or still, like to this day, he's it's still the Jurace family. Yeah, so East Coast is Jurace, West Coast is Jurassi. Yeah, but they're both right, and it makes and sense because I was asking you that. I was like, how should I say it? Because I've heard both, and I'll hear like like Monty or something say like Jurace. I'm like, uh, no, nah, I think it's Jurassi, <laughs> but I don't know. Like same thing as ours. It's like Rab or Rob, and I'm like, dude, yeah, but only one of them's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't matter how you pronounce it, but only one of them's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, if you, because if you say Rob, I'm like, R O B, like some dude named guy. Rob. Yeah. You know, like people will say that on set that are trying to pronounce it right. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Know, yeah. But Rab works, you know. <laughs> but so I'll call Dave up from time to time, my older brother, and be like, hey, what's up, Rob? It's Rab calling, you know? And, and uh, Shut but, up, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny because he connected us um, yeah. when I had moved back out to California. I had been here um, in the early 2000s, and then I went back to Philly, and then I came back out again. And he was like, dude, while you're out there you should meet up with with marco and, and i was like oh okay and and uh came over to to just you know meet and check out the cars and all that and i remember you're you're like hey let's uh, let's go grab a beer and i was like um yeah no I, i'm cool you know because i you know i was sober <laughs> i'm like what's wrong with me that this guy doesn't want to hang out with me like, you don't even know me i'm not that bad of a guy yeah, like we just met you don't even want to have a beer come on man i'm like ah well and, I, and, and it was like kind of i mean i was only a couple years sober i think at that point and uh and i was still at a place of like uncomfortable of how to say like like no like uh well no i i uh i don't know no you know maybe we can get coffee or something like and it would be so awkward you know but it, but it doesn't ever need to be it, yeah it didn't but i was that way with anybody that because because the normal thing to say is hey let's go grab a beer and you're like yeah and normally would, and then i then i i just got uncomfortable with like oh shit how do i answer that to make it like yeah let's go do that and i realized just say yeah and go and don't have get a, a beer. Soda. Yeah, yeah like it's, I, can, I didn't yeah. ever say. I don't think I said, "Hey, let's go have a beer." I said, "Let's go have a drink." Yeah, yeah. Like, and so, for yeah. me, a drink is anything yeah. fluid in a glass or a yeah. can or a bottle. Like it doesn't yeah. matter as long as it's together with fluid. Like we're good. Exactly. Would have worked, but I'm all I'm all rejecting you. You're like, well, like damn, dude. Do I smell? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the uh, but then it was funny because you you kind of put two and two together, and I think because you've lived in a in a family that you know uh, promotes sobriety and, and the fact that your dad had been sober for so long and. So I think you kind of quickly were like, wait a second, are you friend of Bill? And I was yeah. like, yeah. And then so you're, you're not ducking me. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I got to meet my old man. And, and, and I always laugh because I, I tell the story, but it's like, I go to meet your, your dad and you're like, hey, dad, this is Chris. And, and uh, he's, he's in the program and stuff. And he, and he goes, what are you doing tonight? No, I'm like, uh, I guess I'm going to a meeting with you. He's like, yeah, Thursday nights at like, you know, seven or what, eight o'clock or whatever over yeah. at this place. And I was like, all right. And then I, uh, I ended up going over there and then he became my sponsor and was my sponsor for years. Um, you know, and, and until, in, until he passed, but, um, but it was amazing. Such an amazing guy. And obviously this is, you know, the house that he built and, Absolutely. and, uh, yeah. and, and I, and I, you know, 
I don't want to get choked up about it, but but no, uh, no, go ahead, man. He, he's he's done a lot of amazing things for me in my life, and 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 I knew that. But then also, when we went to his service, the thing, and I talk about this a lot because it was so incredible to me. There was like a thousand people there, like, and I'm not exaggerating. There was actually probably maybe more, but uh, but there was so many people in this place, and someone went up and said the coolest thing. They said, "Oh, you know, how how many of you know Tony from the Porsche community?" And you know, about half the people raised their hand, and then he goes, "How many of you people know him from the AA community?" And and uh, and the other half raised their hand, and he goes, "And how many of you has Tony helped?" And everybody raises their hand. That's cool. And, and I and I still get chills about it because I'm like, God. That's how I want to I want to be remembered in a way where that's what you left on this planet is that like all of these people you helped and, and, and made such a difference in their lives. And I and I and I always said this because when someone passes, especially in, the, in, in our AA community, it's, it's like you don't realize how much they're doing until when they go then all the people come out of the woodwork and you're like holy crap he's been helping them and now i didn't even know you were sponsoring that guy and this guy right. and this guy and then it's like oh my god so it was incredible just to see all that you know the people that he had well, funny thing helped is, and my dad sat on a panel like yeah a, a monthly panel for like 10 years or more yeah right and you know he was i mean i remember he looked forward to going to warm springs you know, and, and he, he did this panel. He inherited the panel from somebody who had done it for 10 or 15 years. Then he did it for 10 or 15 years until they closed Warm Springs. Yeah. You know, and he brought people into that. And it was this like this this torch that was passed on. Yeah. You know, and my dad was really good at, at doing that. Right. Like passing the torch. That's what this place is for me. Right. Like right. He, he built this thing. And then the plan was for him to give it to me to take it and carry it into the next generation. Happened a little sooner than we were expecting. Right. Um, you know, and, and we had started to work towards that end. So there were some processes in place. But um, but right. But, it but you know, the bottom really dropped out when right. it passed away. We weren't prepared for that. But yeah. uh, but but to your point, like, you know, he he was really good at, at you know, carrying things forward and like involving people and sharing with things and yeah you know it was really it's really cool to to hear how you were affected by that i didn't i don't remember that day like i remember the day yeah of, of the service or whatever and yeah. i remember a lot of people being there and i remember yeah them spilling out of this massive tent yeah it was it, like, was, it was a tent huge it was like, yeah it was like a big it was event a lot of people yeah. and all the food got eaten and everyone yeah, was yeah. happy <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it was it was funny i you specifically say, you know, how many people are here for the Porsche? How many people are here for sobriety? How many have you helped? And I remember looking and looking at the crossover. Very few people raised their hand for both Porsche and the sobriety thing. And, yeah. and it was funny because I, I realized my dad led two very distinct, separate lives. Yeah. And so it's, you know, you see kind of how well-rounded that per my dad was as a person. You know, right. To be able to have both of those things and, and affect so many on both sides first but he was you know 60 something years old he'd been doing one for 50 years and he had been doing one for 30 years so like yeah. you're gonna meet some people yeah yeah no exactly <laughs> but, and and that was what was kind of it blew me away too i think you know and, and then like when because i just met him through you and then got you know got to know him and got to know your mom and and you know and they'd invite me over for thanksgiving and do all that, that was and cool. it was and it's so cool and um and I just felt like a part of the family immediately. And I know everybody else feels like that when, when they would come in contact with them. They immediately feel like 
Like, you know, he was like a gruff dude in the sense of like, shut the fuck up, sit down and do this and whatever. But <laughs> at the same time, like this really warm person underneath that, that would like then bring you in and be like, all right, like once you're in there, then you're, you're in, in there. forever. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's what it felt like. Cause I remember just sitting at your, you know, at, at the table in your house and, and going through step work and doing that stuff with him. And, and, uh, and he gave me so much time and, and it was, and it, and it means a lot. And I've told you that before, but it really does. It's like, it's like, you know, help to give me a, a life again. And that's and, awesome. And, yeah. And, and, you know. and uh, I was sober before I, before I met him, but he, he was kind of just such a, integral part of my sobriety and and solidifying my sobriety to a point where I, f I feel you know confident and strong in it and I and, and it gave me good habits to keep you know That's going cool. forward and and, and you, it, you were you, before you met him you weren't drinking and then when you met him like you were in sobriety like you were working yeah like I, I had worked yeah. a program before him too and and things were good I just I just know like I went back through the steps with him and did that again and then really got like, um, cause I, cause I was drifting there for a little bit. Like, you know, my buddy Ryan Dunn yeah. died, uh, when I was a year and nine months sober and then I moved out here like right after that. And then, um, and I was just sort of fading and, you know, and I was sort of just like, eh, I'm not going to that many meetings. I'm not doing this. I remember that. And, I yeah. Remember and, that. and then like with, <clears throat> he brought me back in and got me in the thing and it was like it just saved me at a time where i needed to and it's awesome. it just cool that you know that he obviously that that he so freely gave that and 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 it kind of taught me that to do that and and i've been able to sponsor some guys and do some things because of your dad showing me the way and 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 i just you know glommed onto him and and did the meetings he did and did what he did and was like yeah i want what that dude has because he you know he's like got a good family he's been running a great business and he's and he's going to meetings all the time and he's 25 plus years because when i met him he was 23 or 22 and uh, years and then 27 when he passed but but uh with all those years he's still going to five meetings a week yeah. six meetings a week whatever just still doing it yeah and that's kind of opened my eyes to the fact of like you don't just go in and take what you need and then leave it was like you got to give back and you got to keep helping and doing that. And, th and that, that realization that. doesn't always happen. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in program, you know, yeah, I, don't, I right. don't go and work program or whatever, but like, I just remember from being in and out of the rooms over the years with my parents and yeah, you know, whatever you, it, it's not until you start to really, uh, some people take a long time to figure that part out that you yeah. got to give back a little bit. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a very selfish program as they say, but, yeah. uh, no, it's true. Selfish you know? people. But, you know, as soon as you realize you can, you got to give back to re really get the most out of it. Right. You know, that's when you see the growth in people like, and to hear you say that you figured that out fairly early on. I mean, that's great. Yeah. You know? I mean, just from watching him, just seeing what well, he was doing, it was it's like, role modeling, right? Yeah. You know, it was like, man, well, that's what he's doing and it's working out Did that shit here for years. Yeah. 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 yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. If I do that, it's going to happen. All right. I'll do that. You know, <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's so cool. So I, I'd love to hear a little bit of his story in terms of how did he I get into you were here the... to talk to me. No, well, I'm... listen, <laughs> he's, he's, selfish, he's, an, yeah. <laughs> he's an interesting fella. And, 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 and then, uh, and then you're the offspring of that. And I, and obviously like, I, I want to get into your story, but I think his story leads into your story, obviously, because what was it that got him into Porsches and got him going into this? And then I know, I mean, you were born into it. You know, well, yeah, so, yeah. so that, so I know that and I want to hear that part, but, but also 
like what was it that got him i mean i'm sure you've talked to him about like what made him yeah. love porsche so much so i always asked him these kind of questions yeah. my mom will tell me my memory's faulty you know Cause yeah like I mean, I was asking questions. <laughs> we'll get your mom to fact check this. Uh... Please don't. <laughs> uh, I just—I remember talking to my dad yeah. about about the cars, right? And and you know, his first job was like sweeping floors at a at a mechanic shop at a gas station or whatever. Yeah. And um, I think his first boss had a '59 A's coupe, '59 A coupe, and my dad loved that car. Yeah. And Wait, which car is that? A 356. Yeah. Oh, it is. A, a, oh, 19, yeah. a 1959 356 A coupe. Yeah. Okay. And and. My dad saw the car, loved the car, wanted to work on the car, um, wanted to own the car. And then one day the guy said he wanted to sell it. My dad bought it and then proceeded to wreck it on the way home. Destroyed the car. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, I don't, if I remember correctly, I don't think he told anybody. He just, it, the car yeah, got yeah, wrecked. Yeah, that's embarrassing. And he like, he, he continued <laughs> to pay it off or whatever. But like, <laughs> I think that was like kind of his, his foray into Porsches. Like he fell in love with the car. He had to have it. Then he had it and destroyed it. Yeah. But uh, he was never a great driver, uh, like at speed. You know, my dad was a great mechanic, but we all have our things that we're right, good at. Right. But anyway, long story short, is he he always was good with cars, and he was a American car guy and did Corvettes, uh, Camaros, you know, all kinds of muscle car shit. Back when he was in New York. Back in back in in New York, right? Yeah. And then like he started working on stuff, and he's like, I don't want to work on these cars. They're not fun. You know, the, the, and, the and Corvettes he, and the yeah, yeah, he like wasn't having the fun, and then he started working on sports cars, and he really enjoyed himself. And then he came out to, and then he had he was into VWs a lot, and he was hot rodding VWs, and yeah. um, he drove out here in February of seventy four, seventy five, with his buddy, and came to the valley, and it was February, it was seventy and sunny here, and it was like snowing and yep. freezing ass cold in New York. <laughs> And he called his people and he's just like, hey, sell my shit, pack the rest, mail it to me. I'm never coming back. Yeah. You know, so he came out here on vacation and he was on vacation. Till I he understand. Died. Yes. You know, so uh, so so, you know, he landed here on a Friday, called some friends from New York that were living in L.A., couch surfed until Monday. Uh, on Monday, he called the local Porsche dealership and had a job. Oh, nice. He had a job the next day. Yeah. And it was um, Merlin Olson Porsche Audi in, in Encino. Yeah. Which I think is now where Encino Mercedes is, which used to be, um, oh shit, I can't remember, uh, Otto Stiegler. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, you know, he worked there for a little while, uh, for like a year or two, and some, and somewhere in there he met my mom, and then um, he was drinking, and I think that made work in that place difficult for him, and he went looking for uh, work elsewhere. <clears throat> and I think he was offered a really good position at former Porsche Audi, but that was out in like Riverside. Oh, sure. And so well, he's at work yeah. one day and he's living with my mom and, and he gets a call that she's in a car accident and it took him like forever to get back to her from Wait, Riverside. Was she was in the, my mom was in a car accident yeah. and my, it took my dad like two hours to get from Riverside to yeah. where my mom was. And he's like, I can't do this. Like no way am I going to be making this, this drive. Like God forbid something like this happens. And so I think they had recently been married. So they, they took the money from their wedding and they opened TLG. And so that's yeah. how TLG kind of came to fruition. Yeah. Um, you know, and there was, I guess, I mean, yeah, he started in a, in a sweeping floors and then he learned from yeah. the mechanics and then he showed proficiency and then he started doing it. And it was, my dad was naturally good at being a mechanic. Like he was just one of those guys where he could fix anything. Yeah. And it's really hard to be that son or the, the child of someone who's really good at something 
innately. Yes. You know, like seemed easy for him. And so, uh, you know, like growing up around it, I always heard how great a mechanic he was. And so I tried to learn from him as much as possible, but I always struggled, you know, like it's only now that I'm really feeling fairly confident about my abilities. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know with anything it just takes practice and yeah you do it every day and i mean i've been doing this for 20 years like every day for almost 20 years yeah um and i'm just now starting to feel confident enough <laughs> to say that i'm really good at my job you know like yeah. and I, but i've been doing this and i've been doing a really good job for many years but i just haven't fe felt confident enough to say it yeah and i'm you know I, but i'm also trying to remain humble and and you know there's always somebody better than you. There's always somebody smarter and faster and stronger and whatever. So, yeah. you, so every day I just try to push harder and do as good as I think my dad would do. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's awesome. Cause I was thinking about like with the humble thing, I, I was coming up with this point a little earlier about how he, you know, was helping me and doing all these things. And, and I had no idea he's this dude in the Porsche world. And then I'm seeing him like, he was in like magazines and stuff. I'm like, what? Oh, this guy's like <laughs> some well-known Porsche mechanic that does all this incredible work. And like, you know, you see him sitting by his car in the magazines. And I was like, what the hell? He would yeah. never know that because he wouldn't bring it up. No. Like, it was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's just part of it. You yeah, know, I, I forced that. I forced him to do that shit. Yeah. Because, you know, I watched for years that these people were getting accolades that I don't believe that. They, they, I don't. I'm not saying they didn't deserve because. But your, your but dad. But I felt was, that my dad yeah. also deserved them and was not receiving them. So I pushed him to into the spotlight, whether he yeah. wanted to be there or not. Like I forced him out into the community. So yeah. Because my dad was always the mechanics, mechanics. When people had problems and they ran other shops, they couldn't fix. They called my dad. Yeah. So oh, call Tony. He'll fix it. Yeah. And my dad would do <laughs> gearboxes for other shops or do motors for other shops. Yeah. And nobody would would know that he was there doing all the things, and everybody else would take the credit oh, for the absolutely. work that he did, which <laughs> yeah. he didn't care about. Right. He got the he got fucking paid. He didn't give a yeah. shit else. He right? got the credit in that in that payment. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> but as you get older. It's for me, what are you working for, right? You're working for your family and you're working for the payday, but also it's nice to be recognized for the things that you do. Absolutely. And yeah. I felt that he was deserving of the recognition. So Absolutely. I pushed him into the spotlight. Oh, nice. yeah. You know, I pushed him out. He's not a very personable guy, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I dragged him <laughs> kicking and screaming yeah, into yeah, like yeah. events and shit like that. Yeah. And I would introduce him to all the people that I knew. And he goes, how do you know all these people? I'm like, because I say hi. Yeah. Because I like read books. <laughs> well, that's and, the that's your mom and you, the whole like, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Well, that's kind of, that's me. Yeah. I get the best yeah. of both of them, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As a kid, exactly. I get the best and get, worst. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. We all do. Yeah. And, but it's but it's an awesome combination to have that. I'm know. very fortunate. Yeah. yeah. You know? So so anyway, that's kind of how my dad got into the business, and then and then you know again, I came up in the shop. Just as a kid, you grow up around the stuff, and yeah. I kind of keep my children separate from it um, just because yeah. it's different now than it was then. Like the cars are worth so much more now yeah. that like when I was two swinging a hammer, if I hit a car, it's 50 <laughs> bucks to fix it. You know, like yeah. but if my two year old or four year old, whatever, swinging, yeah. swinging a wrench and he hits a car, it's $10,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. a shit ton of money, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's a little different. Um, my son loves coming to the shop and seeing the cars and yeah. being around them. Um, he loves getting dirty because he's a kid and dirt is cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's not quite into going fast yet. You know, yeah. my daughter, I don't know. I haven't really brought her to the shop. Um, I hope that even if they don't want to be mechanics, which I don't give a shit, like that's fine. I hope that they appreciate this stuff. 
Yeah. You know, I hope that they have an affinity for what it is that I do, you know, yeah. in some form or other, like they can appreciate the work or the cars or the effort, you know, right. that's Absolutely. all I hope for. I don't want them to have to feel like they need to do this shit or whatever. I've, I just remember growing up, people were like, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be a race car driver. Well, what if you're not, I want to be a mechanic. Yeah. That's it. That's always, fucking as long as I can remember. And yeah. my dad would always say, I don't want you to be a mechanic. Why not? Right. You're a mechanic. Yeah. I don't want you to work so hard. Well, what's to say that any other job, you're not working your ass off? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. So you might as well work your ass off doing something that you want to do. So, and that you love, yeah. Yeah, yeah hell I mean, yeah. this is not an easy job. It's, it's physically taxing. Yeah, it's emotionally taxing. Yeah. You know, like when shit doesn't go right, it's, you take it home with you, you know? Yeah. And, and your body aches and, uh, and you get cuts and bruises. But it's totally worth it. Yeah. It's totally worth it, you know? Yeah. It, well, and it's funny. I mean, you say you wanted to be a race car driver because then you, you know, you guys put together a race car and you're going up to the track and doing yeah. that for years. And, um, and, and I mean, beyond amateur, man, that's like the most amateur race car driver shit ever. But I got to play with a toy. Hey, whatever. Like yeah. An adult toy. You, you got know? to kind of, you know, live out that, that idea. Maybe you're not on the level of the the big time guys but you but you're still having a great time doing it and it got me in touch with some big time guys like yeah i i know a couple of professional race car drivers and they're the nicest people in the world yeah like, you know but doing it as a really amateur like super novice amateur guy like yeah. you get you get put into contact with really cool people and and you get really cool experiences and you learn from them and you can hear the stories and that's all it was, it's about for me. Yeah. You know, just having so, fun. So how did you kind of go about that, putting together that car? Like, the, was that a car that just was so, here at the shop? And then Sort of. Uh, that car that we own, the, the red race car. Um, yeah. That car, my dad built for a client. And the client raced it a little bit. It was a little more car than the client was prepared for. Like, yeah. it always worked. Where his other car was always broken. So he could wear the suit, walk around the paddock and say he was a race car driver, but not actually have to race. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the Porsche always worked. So he would have to run. And it was just a little too much for him, I think. Yeah. Um, and so the car didn't get a lot of use. Uh, then a few years on, I bought my own 911, put a motor in it, and started doing track day stuff. Is that the yellow? My yellow yeah, car. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I started using that car for track stuff. And as I got faster and faster, I modified the car more and more and more. And the car was such a good car. I had gotten to the point where the next step was to cut it up, put a roll cage in it and make it a race car. And my dad and I sat down and we talked and he's like, that's a really good car. You don't want to cut that thing up. Let's go buy a car that's already cut up. Yeah. Right. So we went and we, we talked to the owner of the red car and he was willing to sell. The one you had The before. one that my dad had built for the client oh, yeah. became available to us. Oh yeah, nice. And so for multiple reasons, we purchased that car and um, plugged, you know, plugged a race motor in it and like a fresh motor. And that was the weirdest, most awkward move I ever made. You know, plugged a race motor in it, that, a fresh one, yeah. um, did the brakes and all the bullshit. I took it out and started hammering and then started going faster and breaking things and fixing them and making them better. And, yeah. and so the car evolved and, and, you know, my dad got to live out the fantasy of being the, the, the chief mechanic on a race car. Yeah. I got to live out the fantasy of being a race car driver and yeah. we had to do it together. And it was, it was really cool yeah, to that's like awesome. have that moment with my dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's super cool. That's my general story. Yeah. No. And that, I mean, and that's, that's a lot of fun and, and really cool that you got to do that with your dad. And it, it's funny that it works like that. Like he, he never 
wanted to be a race car driver, but you did. Yeah. He wanted, and you know, and his whole thing was he could fix anything on the planet. So, so my yeah. dad, we would talk. I go, Dad, you want to take the car? And he goes, No, 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 no I don't want to drive. I go, what, do you, what, what the fuck you mean you don't want to drive? Like everybody wants to drive. He goes, I don't want to drive. Yeah. I go, well, what are we doing this for? He goes, You know what makes me happy? Watching my cars go fast. Yeah. I like to make the car go fast and you make the car go fast. So that's good. We're good. Okay, dad. Perfect. Whatever you say. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny though. Cause like he passes away. I start, I run the car a couple more times, had some problems with the car, put it away. I haven't gotten back to it in two years. I told you the story, but yeah, I don't want to get into that right now. But what I want to tell you is that I now have a client who <clears throat> over the last two racing seasons, we have built a race program. Right. Yeah. And and we've taken he brought me the car when he brought me the car. Uh, the car was a backpack back of the pack car. He was which a, car is this? Uh, it's the uh, ether. Oh, yeah. Sponsored spec 911. The black okay. one. It's yeah. not here. It was here yeah. earlier. It left. Yeah. But so when we met that car, it had been serviced by another shop and things had fallen apart with the client and the other shop for whatever reasons. I don't know what they are and I don't care. Car comes to me. The car is a back-of-the-pack car. The driver is a front-of-the-pack driver. Together, you get a mid-pack result, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he comes to me, and he says, Marco, do whatever this car needs. I want to go racing, and I want to win. Okay. Yeah. We take the whole car apart, back to front, put it back together. He goes out, and he starts winning. Nice. Right? It feels great. It feels great Hell for yeah. him. feels great for the shop and for me and my guys who really put our effort into it. And over the last two years, we went from the back-of-the-pack to the front-of-the-pack fighting for national champion in yeah. spec 911 and we lost last year we came in second and it That's, was a, but it was a yeah. hard fought season and there was a lot of respect gained on both sides from the guy who won who's been winning for years and we're finally giving him something to be afraid of yeah and and you know for us it feels real good to make a car go from the back to the front hell yeah um and this year has been a struggle. We've had some some ups and downs, you know. The driver is... Same car? Or, same car. Yeah. Same car. You know, the, the car got wiped out in one of the races. Uh, the driver lost, lost the back end, hit the wall, wiped the back of the car off completely, oh, yeah, yeah. right? And so we had to disassemble and rebuild the whole car in a month, right? <laughs> Among all of the regular service right. work that yeah. we do, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. So it became a priority for us, you know, because we want to see this car win. And then there was the event, uh, the Ren Sport Reunion, and my driver, he took that car and he won Ren Sport Reunion, and we get to hold that trophy until oh, the next Ren yeah. Sport. So that's, you know, it's pretty big for us. We're really happy with these Damn, results. I didn't know that. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, congrats on that. So, so how does that course correlate to what my dad was telling me? Well, I now understand what he means when he said yeah. he wants to see his cars go fast, because it's your work on display, and it's the results of the hard work is the trophy is the podium finish exactly. and you know i've you know we turn into our parents right right so like i'm not a race car driver anymore my car's been sidelined for two and a half years but i get to be my dad and i get to watch my guy go right. to the front and yeah. win and, and and it's just really it's that's very, so cool it's how very that... parallel parallel yeah know? no it's cool. so cool how it's kind of gone that that direction and <clears throat> and you've you know you know kind of you know, I know they're big shoes to fill, but but you're but you're stepping in that direction, and that's and that's really neat that it's kind of going that way. And yeah. and uh, and like I said, when I got here, I was like, damn, there's a bunch of cars, like cars it's just in and man. out, you know. And that, and that's right that it's that's thriving and going well, and things are happening. And 
No, man, but it's it's really cool to be sitting in 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 your shop and just looking at all the different cars. Obviously, this, this is, a, is a 356 right here. That's a 62, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and and like I was saying earlier, like to me, the natural body style was like, oh, it's 911, and it, but there's so many different ones, and and uh, I was just kind of interested to hear a little bit about. Each, uh, the different models of them and, and why they're different and, and how they improved along the years and also a little bit of the story of Porsche you know because I think it's pretty fascinating like that you know that the dude that was uh, what it Ferdinand Ferdinand Porsche yeah, yeah. well I don't want to get into the, too much of the history part of it yeah uh, you, it's easy to to end up talking about World War Two, right uh, better, better to avoid that part of the conversation uh, yeah 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 because you know, yeah. we all do things we're not proud of yes uh, <laughs> um, but you know it's funny Porsche Porsche really sees itself as kind of an engineering and design house right yeah um, and they do a lot of stuff for a lot of people even if you don't know it you know um but the 911 and the 356 with the engine behind the rear axle that's really what they're known for right is having this hunk of metal hanging out behind the rear axle and you get this pendulum effect right because all the weight is swinging the back of the car around so essentially if you look at the history of porsche it's all about outsmarting physics right because okay. you want this car to handle well but based on physics it's not going to because there's all that weight and the momentum of you know the car being swung right from the back and so if you look at the the history and the design and the and the engineering of of Porsche uh, from the 356 to the current 992, it's all about harnessing the weight and getting it to do what they want it to do, right? Yeah. Um, there are so many advantages to having a rear wheel drive sports car, especially with one that has all the weight on the back, right? Um, a rear engine, rear wheel drive, is, it, it has a lot to do with traction, you know, and acceleration and um, you know, moving the car down the road. When you turn it into a corner, there's nothing over the front wheels. So the car's supposed to go straight, right? right? So, so it's about learning how to balance that weight transfer and doing it. In, and then the evolution of the car is how to make that accessible to everybody, right? So nowadays they're using rear steer technology to oh, help damn move the back end around yeah. to follow the front or lead the car in certain ways so that it feels more neutral uh, but you still would have the benefits of the rear engine rear wheel drive platform i mean it's 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 awesome it, it just to look at the history of the company and what yeah. they've done and so real quick what, what was the reason that they were so hell-bent on having it in the back like the engine in the back I don't know. Like you're, I mean, I, I would, I, I guess because that's how it, they, it's how they started with it. Like, yeah. and, they, and being German, like, they're oh, just then like, they're we like, can make it this work. Yeah. I mean, that was the worst German I've yeah. ever done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but like, you know, they're hell bent on making their design work right. at any cost. Right. Yeah. But it's not a bad design. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's just not, it, it wasn't, it typical. is a bad design, but it's not though. Cause like it works. Yeah. I don't know. I, for me, I like the way they drive. Like I've always, I like a car that's tail happy. I like the back end to move around. I like yeah. the way it feels. Um, front engine, front wheel drive cars feel dumb and numb and stupid to me. Like yeah, the, and they're like pulling you along. Yeah, and, it's like, and they they, they yeah, you know yeah. the wheel jacks around or whatever. Yeah. With a nine eleven, like 
on a racetrack, you kind of lead them from the back. Like right, the, right, right, right. You know, there's a lot of like sliding and and pitching and catching and you know, if you're not if the back of the car isn't leading the front, you're really not going fast enough. Right. Like that's kind of how it, it feels. And if you follow a 911 on a, ra- a vintage car more than the modern ones, but if you follow one around the racetrack, they're they're alive, man. Like the back of the car is moving into the corner before the front of the car on the really fast guys, you know. And it's yeah. it's just it's fun. It's a dance. It's really cool to watch, you know. Yeah. Um, preference wise, I like the seventies. I, I like that. My favorite. If I had to take one car forever, probably a nineteen seventy nine eleven S. I really. Oh well, yeah. I like the mechanical injection. I like the car. I think that that was the first year where Porsche got everything right. You know, they had, they had got the wheelbase correct. They had got the weight correct. They had gotten the amenities inside just right. You know, like the, everything like ergonomically feels good. It's not too fat, not too skinny, yeah. not too far away, not too close. The gearbox is a little vague, but it's, it's positive. The gear location is vague, but, the in, but when you find what you're looking for, it's a real positive feel yeah. to get it in and out of the gear. And then eventually it becomes second nature and muscle memory, you know. Right. Um, the motor, it doesn't make a ton of torque or horsepower, but the way it makes its power is very fun. It's, it's easy to handle. Um, they like to spin. They, they need to spin in order to make the, the power available. Yeah. So they run between, you know, an S will run between 5,000 and 7,000 RPMs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the noise is glorious, you know. And then in 70, they used a lot of aluminum parts on the car. They used an aluminum deck lid and an aluminum center panel. And that's like some race car shit, man. Yeah. Like, that's race car shit to keep the weight down. And, you know, it's little things like that that they did to improve the cars that are very subtle and very special. Um, 1970s, kind of a one-year-only car. In 71, they started doing things to make it more attractive to the masses. They started covering things up in the engine compartment, and you know they changed a little bit of the wiring stuff, and like they made a little few changes. And then 72 was a totally different car, and 73 another totally different car, and they just got more and more refined, but I think further and further away from that, that light, um, spindly, but excited and fun to drive car. As they oh, got yeah. heavier, they got a little more bulky feeling. I don't know. They're not bad, but if I had to make, a, if I had a preference, it would probably be the car behind you. Yeah. Oh, the car behind you is '69, but generally speaking, it, it would be that car. So that's the, yeah, that's the one that's that's your favorite make. Yeah, seventy seventy nine eleven S. That's yeah. the one. Two two. 2.2 liters, close ratio gearbox, you know, the whole thing. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my brother had a couple different ones that I, we went across country and yeah, then man. met you at uh, Rensport with that. And there was, there was a good little uh, group of cars that was the, the uh, Mondi's car. Still took, has it too. Like, what it, what did it win that award? The, uh, the GT award with the yeah, R group? Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool car. That was right, because you basically built that whole car, right? Or, well, sort of. I mean, yeah. I, I found, someone approached me, the guy who Luke bought his car, Approach me with Mondi's car. Yeah. He says, I got this car. I want to sell it. It's a 74 European Carrera clone or 75 European Carrera clone. Yeah. I said, great car. Let's see if we can find it at home. I called Mondi and I'm like, and I called a couple of people and Mondi was the only one who really listened to me. And I'm like, dude, this is the car for you. You're always bitching about how you want an early car. This is the car. He goes, oh, I don't know. I said, listen, 
buy this fucking car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, I literally said that to him, yeah, and he's yeah. like, okay, fine, I'll buy the fucking car. Yeah, yeah. And so we, the car's been nicknamed the BTFC. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, he still has uh, it. He still has it. Yeah. You know? and, and I mean, he did his, like, his his rally stuff to it, which I, I mean, I got to admit, it's not terrible. You know, yeah, like the yeah, extra yeah. lights and the yeah, yeah, yeah. stickers and whatever. But, you know, we did suspension, brakes. Um, he, I think someone broke the motor. We fixed the motor for it. Um, yeah. Cars are rocket, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's not an early car. It's a 75. So it's a square bumper car, but it's, it's an early square bumper car. So it's, it's got narrow guards. It's got the right vibe. It's a little, it's still, thi- it, um, it's still lighter on its feet. You know, it hadn't yeah. gotten as, as, as portly as they became later. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he did it right. Like he, he didn't, he didn't put too much crap in it. You know, he kind of kept the he kept things lean. Yeah, uh, and the car is bitching. I, mean, I love that yeah, car. Yeah, I mean it's cool. Mechanically and, injected two seven. Yeah, and and just going to that Rensport thing was cool to see. Like it took the award, for, you know, for the um, for for that year, and and just to go there and see all of those cars. Was it the R Group? The R Group, yeah. Yeah, the R Group. Like they have that whole lot full of amazing cars. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, is I talked to like your dad actually put it into perspective for me because I had said something to him. I was like, I'm not that into to cars, you know. I'm like, I'm just not. I'm, I'm more into the filmmaking thing and and these other like you know art stuff and whatever. And and he was like, it's a piece of art, dude. And I was like, oh. And, and he was like, if you look at it like that, he's like, look at each one of these is different. It's all unique. Everything's like, he's like, it's a piece of art. And I was like, and then that put it into perspective for me. So that trip was actually a lot of fun because I started to look at all the cars differently than I ever had before yeah. and started to see, man, each one of them is unique and has its own little like personality to it. And, and they were all different pieces of art. And, and it was like, it was just a whole new way to see it. Yeah. They're all nine elevens. Yeah. But, but, but it's how you know, the colors are, are wild. Some of these color, the colors are insane. You yeah. Know, blues and the yellows and the reds and the oranges. They're beautiful. So uh, yeah. from a color perspective, they really check all the boxes. You know, Porsches in the 70s were the best colors. Yeah. Um, and it's starting to come back around. People are starting to really realize that. And, and they have the paint to sample program now. Um, but also it's, you know, what it's kind of like a Christmas tree, right? Everybody hangs their ornaments differently. Right. You know, and, exactly. and so it's a can- or a canvas and everybody paints their canvas differently. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you can put five 911s next to each other and they're all different. They got the yeah. same basic shape. Right. But they're all different. Well, then that was what was so cool yeah. to see that. Just the whole, it was like a sea of all different. And obviously then there was the race cars that were on the track and yeah. all that kind of cool stuff. Well, was, those are bitching. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, and it, it was. It was It was amazing to be a part of it. And it, and it really kind of changed me that weekend. I don't know what that was, five, six years ago or whatever. And it was, it was like that weekend kind of changed me because I was like, Oh, I really love this car. And I, and I do love Porsches now because <laughs> of it, because I saw it from a different perspective. And, and, uh, I Cocktail. just, you know, yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 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 The infamous Cocktail. Matthew McConaughey story. Where, the best story yeah. ever, man. <laughs> oh man. That was, that was something, <laughs> but yeah, I don't Have think I've ever, ever told that. Story? I don't think I've ever publicly told that story. You don't need to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe you do. <laughs> one day but, yeah. but i'll just never forget that cocktail cocktail <laughs> but uh no it was such a fun weekend man and and, and so cool to do that <laughs> so uh so so awesome to hear that you're that you're building race cars and, and still doing yeah. that and uh and plan is to maybe get back out on the track driving I mean, yeah absolutely so I, as i told you you know when when my car came apart right when i took it apart to fix it 
I had it fixed within a couple of weeks. Right. right? Yeah. I had I had the car, the chassis, the paint, all that fixed in like three weeks. Yeah. Two and a half years ago. But I took the <laughs> motor out of the car yeah. and my dad and I had had the conversation of he wanted to put fuel injection on it because it was carbureted before. Yeah. And so I went through the process of starting to put fuel injection on it. And I, I mean, it's a, it took longer than I expected because I had to get the pump done. I had to buy the parts. Um, and then I had to find the time to fucking do it. And, yeah. I, and there just was no time. I had a young child at home. You know, yeah. my wife, she was working nights. Uh, you know, she works late at night sometimes. So I had to be home. And just finding the time. And then after a day of work, do you really want to just keep working? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and so every once in a while, I'd spend like a week of really late nights and I'd work on the motor. And, you know, finally I got to the point where it was done, right? Motor was done, ready to be put back in the car. Client comes in, car's got problems, you know, fuel lines are blown off the thing. It needs fuel lines. I happen to have a set of fuel lines on my race motor. So uh, I sold him my fuel lines. Six months go by before I can get new ones. Yeah, and, and so now I've got the fuel lines. They're not, I haven't installed them. Right, They're just yeah. sitting in a box on top of the motor. And so like, it's, that's kind of the cobbler's children wear no shoes or something yeah. like that. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's, you know, the Porsche mechanic doesn't drive a Porsche. I mean, yeah. I, have, I have my street car, but my race car is uh, really low on the priority list. Yeah. Um, I won't, it's not for sale. You know, I, I have dreams of one day putting it back together. Um, and it's not going to take much, really. Yeah. But you put a lot more focus into the other car. Yeah, like the, a yeah. street car that I can literally drive to work and back every well, day. I meant the other race car that you're... That oh, my client's car? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, that car... Yeah. Well, not only is he paying me to work on the car, right. but so also... That helps. <laughs> I mean, that's motivational right yeah. there. But that car is a program. That's a race program, right? Like, he yeah. is actively campaigning that car, so it's very high priority. Right. Right? Like, so, so we... Before... A few few months ago, we'll call it like two months ago. Um, after a race, we were doing our our standard check down and found a chunk of metal in the in the oil system. And uh, looking sure. at it, real I realized what it was. And the motor was seconds from exploding. Like, it, you know, Damn. the short story is uh, the oil pump drive gear, right? So like the lay shaft gear that is run by the crankshaft that turns the shaft that turns the oil pump that gear had come loose on the shaft, okay? And so, the only way to fix it is to take the whole motor apart. Yeah. So we tore, I tore the motor down, I fixed that, put the motor back together, and then the motor blew up. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was like the most de debilitating explosion yeah. of a motor. Like, it's just, it all the wind out of the sails. Because like, I put this motor together, we ran it on the dyno, it ran great, made tons of horsepower, ready to rock and roll. We go all the way up to Sonoma. No, excuse me, to Thunder Hill. So like just outside of Sacramento, Yeah. right? And we tow, we tow up there. I mean, it's, it's a very expensive adventure, right? Yeah. Made four laps, motor came apart. Uh, yeah. man. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, what, I, we brought the car back, I dissected the problem and found that one of the pistons had failed. It's not my fault that yeah. the piston failed. It was just a materials failure. Yeah. You know, did the, did the piston fail because of what was happening in the motor before it, I took it apart? Like, like what caused the, I don't know. I yeah. got all new pistons. That's all I know, right? Yeah. Took the oil system out of the car, cleaned everything. I rebuilt the motor again, put it back together a week ago, ran it on the dyno, made tons of horsepower, ran great, took it out last weekend, ran it at the racetrack, it survived. Yesterday, 
I, I drained all the oil, looked at everything, adjusted the valves, did a nut and bolt check on the car, put it together and sent it away today. And so this weekend, it's going to Sonoma for three races. Then it comes back to me again. And we're gonna go through it, nut and bolt check again, change the fluids, flush the brakes. And then next weekend is the final race of the week of the year. And depending on how things go at Sonoma, it could come down to the very last hour of the season in the endurance race. Oh, nice. So, you know, uh, this coming weekend is Sonoma. The following weekend is going to be at Buttonwillow um, out in Bakersfield. Awesome. So. Yeah, dude, that's, I mean, that's cool as hell that you're, you're so active in it. And it's funny to watch your your mind working too when you're like, and then it's this and it's that. Like, I bet you probably couldn't sleep when that was like, oh, why man. did this happen? And, you know, like, so, so, so it broke, right? So like, yeah. it, so we go up on Friday. It breaks on Saturday morning. Yeah. So now I'm stuck there until my flight home on Sunday night. Yeah. And I have to I have to think about it and think right, about yeah. it. And everyone's talking to me, Marco, what's going on? I'm shut up and leave me alone. Like, I, <laughs> like I just, like I, I didn't. Yeah. I, You're in it. Oh, you know? man. Yeah. I was like so depressed. Yeah. And they were joking. They're like, oh, we had to put you on suicide watch, man. You were not looking <laughs> good. And I'm like, no. And, you know, it, it was not until yesterday that I felt better about it. Oh, okay. Because it yeah. had been run, it had been rebuilt and run through its paces and I saw it be okay and I drove it and I know it's fine. Yeah. But like, that was a month of just depression. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just pure, simple depression. Yeah. Like I failed so miserably, but I didn't, it wasn't my fault. Right. The part failed. Yeah. But I, you know, there's you so much that. of yeah. me <laughs> in this process. Yeah that yeah, absolutely uh, you know but that's what's so amazing I, I think about you know your business too is that you are so extremely passionate about it and you take it personal when things aren't working yeah. right and and, uh, and flowing and and that's what what makes TLG so so incredible and why people continue to come back I mean how, how many clients do you have that have had so many different cars with you throughout oh. the years and you know yeah. and, and they continue to do it and like we said at, at, at your dad's um, memorial it was like just cars and cars and some really really nice cars yeah. that were all lined up there and just from from the guys that have been through it for the years and years and years and and uh you know my brother's one mike's one luke's luke's one and they like i mean dave's had uh, like the 911 t out here i think the blue car yeah yeah he had that out here i think have you worked on the white one too i haven't but i okay. drove i drove the white one before he screwed it all up yeah <laughs> <laughs> before he made it a race car yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was cool that uh that that they you know i i was right after that cross-country trip they parked a bunch of them here and then you did a bunch yeah. of work on on them and kind of fix them up after the trip. Did you, you remember when your brother called me from Area 51? Yeah. Like the aliens like <laughs> zapped him and he stuck like on the side Rachel of the road. Rachel Nevada or something <laughs> it was called. Yeah. And he, so he, I remember he sent me this picture of him and he's wearing like this jumper. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, put yeah, on yeah. his mechanics jumper but he still has his loafers he's, on. He's like thousand dollar loafers on. They're, everybody was breaking his balls so bad about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he called me and he's like, He's like, oh man, car doesn't run. And I'm like, you check the coil? I'm like, what color is your coil? This is a black coil. It's brand new. I said, where'd you buy it? And he told me. Yeah. I don't want to name names, but yeah, he yeah. told me where he bought it. I'm like, 
There's your problem. Yeah. I'm in California. He's in wherever the hell he's at. Yeah. And, you know, he's Rachel, in Area 51. Nevada. Yeah, yeah, Nevada. And uh, I fixed it over the phone. He's like, oh, man, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that coil was in that son of a bitch the day he sold that car. Oh, man. It was the, funny, the, man. The, uh, the, uh, he put the old one back. He put the old one back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. one that had no problems. Why the hell did you take the fucking thing out? Because it's like that It's like that. That doctor mentality of like, oh, well, I should just get it all brand new before. It oh, is so like, when he's yeah, in there yeah. fixing my knee, it's like, oh. Well, you need a new leg. Yeah, just We're just going to take that leg out and put a new one in. You know? Exactly. This one's titanium. Yeah, 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 You'll be fine. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but it was funny how quickly you diagnosed it. Like, on the phone, I actually have a, a little video of the trip. I'll throw that on the end of this, uh, of the podcast on oh, cool. YouTube. And uh, it's it's us kind of driving across the country. But you're in that part where it's like, he's on the phone like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And then he's like, well, and then Marco figured it out in two seconds. And then we're back on the road. You know what it was? And we were back on the road and everything was fine. But but it was kind of crazy driving through the mountains there in the carbureted cars, how they would just choke out yeah, at, that, at that elevation and not really be able to make it. And it was uh, it was funny. So also it shows the difference between my my brother and I because he's in the operating room all the time you know he's a bone doc and he's always seeing all these problems somebody went you know skydive and did this so anything I'll do he's like oh I don't do that I'm like dude I'm a different guy than you like I'm gonna take <laughs> a risk on an electric fence yeah, yeah. I'm good yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be fine exactly yeah. <laughs> so I'm so I'm 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 like we're driving through Colorado in the mountains and I had a GoPro on the side of the car somehow it just fly, like flies off and I'm like <laughs> fuck like I, we need to go get that he's like nah I don't give a shit like it was his GoPro and I was like no I don't care about the GoPro I just like I want the footage because yeah, like, right. it, it looks so good and he's like I'm not doing that I'm like what do you mean like just let me go get it he's like he's like dude the road the turn like it's so dangerous like it's so risky to go I was like yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like, like my mentality was like, I'll take the chance. He's like, no, not letting you do it. Like, and it's all because of that mentality, like, yeah. of being in in you know the operating room and seeing all of these people getting hurt. And he's like, we're not doing it. It's not worth it. I'm like, uh, it's kind of worth it. To it's kind of worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would have been some good footage. Yeah, but uh, but we had we had a bunch of good clips. I'll throw that on the end of it. But man, it's been good sitting down and chatting with you and, yeah, and seeing man. you. And I haven't seen you in a minute. And uh, you're, you're deep in the uh, kid world. So you're getting there. Yeah, I'm almost I'm, there. Dude, <laughs> your life is going to change more than you ever could possibly know. I have no idea, you, but I know everyone says this, so i just am you, trusting yeah, that it will it's, be different. It's going to be the greatest, most amazingly best, worst thing you've ever done for yourself. <laughs> Seriously. It is, the, it is the ultimate high and the ultimate low at the exact same oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forever. <laughs> forever man like forever. like for real <laughs> like you the things that are important today are gonna cease to be important well, the moment well, that kid pops its head out and it was funny too and i don't know how if if you had this sort of happen but just right when she got pregnant that sort of started to happen i was mm -hmm. like oh all the shit i was worried about like doesn't matter it doesn't mean shit yeah and then man. i even more so obviously when when the baby arrives yeah. but instantaneously when that happened all the shit i was worrying about i was like who gives a shit yeah right well, like, yeah. you don't under, I mean, again, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, oh man, like yeah, the free time <laughs> yeah, yeah, gone, yeah. gone. I think about man. that sometimes just going on a jog Your to try to selfish yeah, life like, that you are that. living currently <laughs> yeah. is for, is gone. So anyway, but, uh, <laughs> congratulations. My condolences to you. Yeah. You know, congratulations and condolences all at the same time. But it's, it's the, it's like, 
literally the greatest and worst thing ever because the only thing you're going to ever worry about now is the kid and you're going to worry about that kid constantly yeah but it's also the biggest joy of your life you know yeah like dude i'm excited man we're very excited you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. be just fine you're gonna yeah. be a good dad <laughs> yeah i appreciate and, it man. and lucky for the kid you're gonna be doing it you know in sobriety too because like, yeah the crazy dude. of yeah i i, I think shit. about that a lot and i and i'm very very grateful that uh that i found this thing before we had kids yeah. because um yeah i was not the guy that 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 uh should be raising a kid <laughs> at that point there is video evidence yeah, of yeah, that, yeah, sir. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. so funny man like i just i look back and i'm like i remember watching those videos and then like the person that i met like you you know yeah, like yeah. the person i met was so different from those videos oh yeah 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 and the like, juxtaposition and like it's it's There's very still a crazy man up there oh, no but shit. but i no, no. but like it's just it's yeah. really nice to have gotten to know you away from all of that oh, but like yeah. to have also i'm glad you guys did that shit yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. because it was it was part of my formative years yeah <laughs> to watch that. like there are some pictures there's some little clips of girls at parties that i need to know who they were because yeah. i know you know these people like yeah, yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. they wouldn't be in the movie oh yeah 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 <laughs> we knew all all that yeah <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but dude, so much fun, and yeah, and 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 been been awesome getting to know you for sure, and, and good to see you right now, and and uh, and and good to see that the place is thriving and and doing well, and like to think it is, yeah. Well, it is. I, Lights I, are still on, you know. You know yeah, exactly. <laughs> I came by, just cars lined up and all, and it's it's great, and they all look real good. So uh, thanks, man. Hey, thanks for chatting. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah.